0: welcome back to around the 412 we are part of the dk pittsburgh sports podcast network i am tyler and with me as always is smitty we're together in pittsburgh again for the first time in nine ish months it's it's been a minute but we're together for uh we're here for a week we're here for my wedding reception but yeah
1: yeah welcome back this is the first time that we've recorded in the studio it's only like the third time i've been here the last time that you were here and we recorded in show in person was at the other studio for DJ Pittsburgh sports. Nothing like this.
0: No, this is a bit of an upgrade. I would say Uh, a little bit, a a lot more space, a lot more uh, lighting as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's
1: pretty cool. Um, Well, what we do best is talk about Pittsburgh sports. So I say we jump right into that. Um, I'm not sure that we talked the best pirates, in the city, but we're going to talk Definitely about them not. anyway. Uh, they're not very exciting, but they made some exciting moves. Um, I think that that's the worst part about the Pirates is not only have they been bad, but they've been very boring. Give the fans something to watch. And I think that the, just within the last 48 hours, they've done so. Ruanzi Contreras coming back up. Yeri De Los Santos coming up. Even like on the farm, Matt Gorski being promoted to double A. So they have made some moves here recently. Also, Bryce Wilson being demoted as part of those moves. Um, just good things happening, at least uh, yep. on the surface. Now, As it pertains to Ronzi Contreras, what is his role going to be on the big club? I think that that's the big question because he's only pitched five innings once down in triple a so we haven't seen him really stretched out So we haven't seen him pitch that length up here he was kind of used in that like multi-inning reliever role is that kind of the role we envision him having at least to start coming back up
0: that's what i think so Um, i think that's a smart move i don't think if you're going to want to make him a starter since like you said only five innings one time that's not really the smartest thing to do um you don't know what it's going to do to his arm he's he's not conditioned for that yet but test him out see how he does in that multi-reliever role again and then you give him a start but maybe the pirates just say screw Screw that and ignore what I say. What do I know? They might give them a start right away because look at how bad their starting pitching has been for the past, I mean, well, years. But this season in particular – They've only relied on really two guys, Zach Thompson and Jose Quintana, and that's pretty much it. So if they do give them a start right away, then it is what it is. I, it's not what I would do. I'd give them the reliever role at first and then move them there, but it wouldn't shock me either way, no matter what they do. I mean, this team is really struggling in pitching department and in the bullpen and in their starters, but their bullpen is especially struggling because of their starters, not making making it like four or five, six yeah. innings. Yeah. but. Another thing that excited me was that uh, Yeri De Los Santos, sorry, I had to make sure that I say that right. Like dairy, but rhymes with, yeah. Exactly. Um, So his his ERA past three seasons has been around the 1.5, 1.6 marks. I mean, that's great no matter what. So getting him up here, that will definitely help out the bullpen a lot because we've seen some guys struggling, especially the past few weeks, just because... They, they, they can't take it anymore That's You gotta get Your starters past Like the third inning
1: mm-hmm. Yeah I think like The big thing for me That like Just jumps off the page Is that strikeout rate 32% Since the Pirates Have brought him in He was brought in As like an amateur Free agent in 2014 But since 2017 He has a 32% strikeout percentage Down in the minors And I think his ERA Over that time Is like 1.75 So yeah I mean this is a guy That I'm excited about Not like on the top Prospect list But at the same time As a relief pitcher Like not a starting pitcher That you think might Be a successful Relief Lever instead of being a starting pitcher like literally just in that role as a reliever you don't typically see those guys on top 30 lists. Right. so I don't think that that's necessarily a testament to his talent I think it's just a testament to the role that they know that he's going to play in the major leagues but yeah I mean this team is desperate for arms in the bullpen and as starters so I don't necessarily even have a problem if they do decide to be aggressive and just throw Contreras into the rotation they haven't named a starter for Tuesday's game against Colorado yet we'll see if maybe he makes uh, his not debut but his starting debut for the right, Pirates right. then um, I'm not against it but at the same time I don't want of like you know, him to wrist injury, trying to stretch him out before he's ready to do so.
0: Yeah, and I'd, I'd hate him to throw him there out there as a starter too early and then kind of ruin him as a starter. You though, you know, like maybe like a
1: three inning piggyback role.
0: Yeah, but I just I just don't want to see him as a starter and he just gets like wrecked right away and then that kind of ruins his starting potential moving forward. I mean, we've seen that kind of with guys that we think that were brought into that starting role a little too early with the Pirates over the years and then it's kind of ruined their career as a starter for the Pirates. I mean, Mitch Keller, he's, he's never really panned out. We don't want another one of those. I mean, it's a little different scenario, but still, I don't want to see any of more of the Pirates Arms that we've been excited about moving forward kind of get ruined once they get to the major league level.
1: Yeah, I, and I think too, like my big thing with Rowanzi is hope that he makes up for Mitch Keller not being what we had one point hoped that he would be. Like they need this guy to pan out, so yeah. whatever it takes in doing so. If you have to slowly, gradually ramp him up to to be a starter then so be it but um a lot of this conversation could be null and void by the next time that or by the time people listen or watch this honestly but uh by the next time that we talk we'll see soon enough we're gonna know what role they want him to be in at least to start but um yeah it'll be interesting to see it's gonna be interesting to see how the rest of our penguins predictions go too because we're 0 for 1 so far and that's what we're gonna talk about in the next segment
0: yeah last week's null and void with the brian russ talk i mean both of us were extremely wrong so we can't <laughs> wait to talk about that one
1: definitely not right yeah definitely not definitely not brian russ will not be a pittsburgh paint well hey he is so we're gonna talk about that in the next segment uh but we'll be right back this is around the four and two on the dj pittsburgh sports podcast network Right, and welcome back to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm Smitty. That is Tyler. Null and void, a theme of Around the 412 as of late. Brian Russ contract extension. No better testament to that. Um, six year deal. He's backed with the Penguins. I said definitely not. Were you also on Definitely Not? I was Probably, not. Definitely Not. I thought it was not. gone. He's definitely yeah. not going to be a Pittsburgh Penguin. Well, the Penguins decide that won't be the case for at least the next six years. So, first off, just first impressions on the contract. What do you think?
0: I think it's a great contract. I mean, people can get hung up on the term, but six years, the guy's 30 years old, so he'll expire when he's 36. But at the end of the day,
1: who Nothing really but ca- ne- behind like, the next three years matters. Like Exactly.
0: Who really cares about what the term on any of these new contracts are for guys like Rust and if Malkin and Latang do intend to sign contracts are? Who mm-hmm. really gives a crap about what the term is? Because after the next two to three years... They're not going to be that as competitive as they are right now. I mean, their their window is super small, so the term doesn't matter. And the number itself, 5.125, yeah. that is so much lower than what we thought it was going to be. I mean, Evolving Hockey had him at like a $7.9 million a year yep, number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on a six-year deal. So there's no way that I thought that Brian West was going to resign for this type of number, and especially as fast as it did. I mean, we were at the Pirate game on Saturday, yeah. and we we get a notification like it's like, oh, he's he's signing, and we're we're shocked. It, it, the, the season ended like a week ago, but the fact that they were able to get him at at that number means to me that he was not really looking to to make bank on this Snooks contract, and he's willing to take a little bit of a lower number that he could have gotten to stay in Pittsburgh because he said in his exit interview, like, he's not trying to rob anybody, which, yeah. I mean, we, we literally see in this contract. <laughs> right. So I, I'm really excited about that, and I kind of discussed with you, like, to me, this also means that it could potentially bode well for trying to re-sign all of the other guys because of the yep. number that we got him at.
1: Yeah. And that's a good point. That's kind of where I want to segue this conversation to is, what does it mean for the other free agents? Obviously, the big two, we, we know that they want to bring back Chris Letang and Danny him out. It's no surprise to anybody. Hextall did breaking say news. it Hextall did say that. Um, so does this bode well for you? Does it not change your mind on the possibility of those happening? Because based off what we're saying with what they potentially saved on a Brian Rust deal based off market value, they got a little bit more wiggle room to play with there than we thought that they would have. Like if you would have told me the team's going to re-sign Brian Rust before he signed that, assuming like the number that I had in my head, I would have thought, okay, well, that means like definitely there's no Ricard Raquel in the picture anymore. Right. And probably one of Gino or Latang as well. But with them getting him back at this number, does that change your mind on any of this?
0: On Gino and Letang, not really. I think I had both of them. Well, I know I had Gino indefinitely and Latang and probably coming back. So both of those, I would say not really. I mean, maybe you make it both of them probably, but Raquel, I put indefinitely. And if the number would have been higher, this that would have changed completely. Yeah, The fact that they were able to get Or Rust at 5.125 makes me think that they can get Raquel at an ideal number of like the four to four and a half million dollar range. Right. And so I would say that it just bodes over well for the entire team, not just a couple of the guys. I think that they're going to get everybody at numbers that they like. And on Elliot Friedman 32 Thoughts podcast, he mentioned today that the Penguins and Latang are. Have been pretty close in a contract talks, and Malkin has been a little bit further away. I'm wondering if that's hmm. just the number wise, because I feel like the term would have nothing to do with it with Malkin. We both know that they they want them on a three year deal to line them up with Sid. Yeah. But I'm just wondering how far away is Malkin from the number that the Penguins are offering? What what do those two numbers look like?
1: Yeah, and that almost goes against what we had heard previously. Like, I'm not questioning Elliot Friedman here by any means. I'm just saying, like, which which notion do you want to subscribe to? Like, is it his or is it? You You know, somebody that's throwing out like those three year matching deals worth five million dollars a year for the two of them in the past, even Elliot Friedman actually at one point was saying that they weren't close with Letang yeah. and Gina was more a case of, he already feels like, you know, he's made his money and he would accept a lesser contract. So this is kind of contrary to his own statement in the past. Not that I'm, you know, things change. So that could very well be the case. But um, yeah, I mean with this, with this Rust deal, I think it opens up a lot of things for them and it definitely signals that they are not ready to say that they are going into a rebuild, a retool, whatever you want to say. Oh, for sure. This team absolutely still wants to compete.
0: I mean, they see that window and it is getting narrower. But they still have somewhat of a window left, whether it be two, three, four years, whatever you want to say it is. They know that they need these guys to win because being rash and blowing up the team and not bringing back certain guys, I feel like that would be an extreme after this this first round exit if if it's multiple multiple years of being embarrassed that's one thing but Mm -hmm. being very competitive and outplaying the rangers in literally every series you didn't really need to tinker with this team too much there was just a lot that went against the penguins in that first round series so the fact that they're trying to keep this core together makes me think that they they do believe in this team moving forward
1: is it weird to say that like they could be encouraged By first round exit, like with the way that the team played, like you're saying, outplaying the Rangers literally in six out of the seven games and just goaltending being the big difference. Obviously, the special teams wasn't there as well. But even if one of those two things go well for the team, they're in the next round of the playoffs. Yeah.
0: And it's crazy to think that even last year I felt similar. Last year, it was because of Jari's goaltending. I think everybody agrees on that, that they didn't move on to the second round because they were clearly play, outplaying the... They're, not the Rangers. The Islanders, the other team in New York, mm-hmm. in every single game it felt like. And so I didn't feel bad about the team whatsoever. It was just goaltending. And then this year, Jari looked great, happened to be hurt for all the series except for game one, which was just unfortunate. But it, just, it was a lot more going against the Penguins instead of just playing poorly. And so I feel like that is reason enough to bring all these guys back or at least try to. And I kind of broke it down a little bit while we were at the Pirate Game after we figured out what the number was for mm-hmm. Rust. And we have a little bit over 23 – we have we a little under 24 million in cap space after this deal. And I was like, well, if they give Letang, say, like mm-hmm. 7.5 million, yeah. uh, Malkin 6.5, Raquel 4.5, and, and I was like listening off to these hypothetical cap figures, they still have – like. To and some change to work with. And that's without even talking about moving on from one of their left side defensemen, which I feel like everybody thinks is a very good possibility.
1: Well, last 18 because, months, it's been a conversation.
0: Yeah, they they need the cap space. And also, there's just a log
1: Hexler jam on that talked side. talked about cap space, by the way. They said, what is the team missing right now? And he said, well, cap space would be nice.
0: Yeah, and I feel like the obvious glaring spot on the team is that left side defense. Now, which one is it going to be? Marcus Pedersen, Brian Dumlin? I'm not sure. If you would have asked me a year ago, I felt like Marcus Pedersen was a clear answer, mm-hmm. and at least for amongst most fans.
1: Him and Marino I, in the playoffs, though. They I, were super good. Yeah. And
0: I, I feel like Brian Dumlin, to me, would be the answer as moving cap space. Don't think he's the same defenseman. But if you add on that cap space, you, you suddenly have six and some change million more in cap space. Right. You can easily sign some more depth guys and some of those third, three, third, fourth liners that you need like those Evan Rodriguez, Danton Heinen's, you can fill up your lineup. I, and I think it all started with this Brian Rust deal and the, mm-hmm. the, really the number, the term, whatever, the number that it's at, 5.1215 million is great.
1: Yeah. So that's the first domino to fall for us. Now we're still hoping that Chris Letang is back, but I want to talk about some options. I saw an article today about options for the Penguins if Chris Letang does depart. Uh, one internal option they listed was John Marino. That, now that would mean him just I mean, taking the next step. That's
0: obviously that's I mean, really that's, banking on what everybody thought after Marino's rookie year. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's definitely taking the next step defensively. Plays on you know the penalty killing unit now and everything like that, but he hasn't provided that offensive upside like we thought that he would. You see yeah. flashes of it now and then, you know, when he pinches in and, and, contains the puck and does some other things in the offensive zone that you're like, okay, this guy, maybe there is a little bit of something there, not to the level that we've seen Chris Letang play at. Um, So I I don't know. I I think he's perfectly fine in in a second pairing role as like the the puck moving defenseman, the guy that you're relying on to to break the puck out along with a guy like Marcus Mm Pedersen. As far as being the next Chris Letang, I'm not seeing that. I'm not even sure if this article was necessarily suggesting that or it's just like he's now the number one pairing.
0: If he doesn't come back. Right side defenseman. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If Chris Letang doesn't come back, but he's certainly not going to be that type of player player and i don't know that a lot of people listed on this list are going to be that type no of
0: player. I, I mean i went through the list that was brought up and mm-hmm. I, I went through just to see like okay who would they have to trade for or who could they just sign right and i was also comparing like where do these players could compare to letang mm-hmm. so on the list was tyler myers dumba matt dumba brent burns pk suban john klingberg and josh mason manson yeah so the last three, Subban, Klingburn, and Josh Manson, they're all free agents. So if the, the Penguins lose out on Latane, they can try to sign any of those guys. And then the prior three, Burns is still on a three years left on his deal at $8 million a year. That's
1: retained salary. Yeah,
0: You would have to retain salary. There's mm-hmm. no way he's worth anywhere near that now. Uh, Matt Dumba, he's got one year left at $6 million. That's not and bad. Tyler Myers is two years left at $6 million as well. To me, the only one that's appealing, at least out of the trades, would be Matt Dumba. I think he's pretty solid defensively. Mm-hmm. He doesn't ha- quite have the offensive upside that have Letang would have. One fifty point season, yeah, yeah. He's not the, he's not the uh, offensive prowess that Letang is, but I mean, Tyler Myers to me and, and Brent Burns bad in their own end. I don't think they're very th- that good defensively. Overpaid. I would not want to trade for either of them. Yeah, you're talking about giving up assets it's, in
1: a trade. Yeah, you, then you start talking about like how much retained salary makes it worth it yeah you start you start having those like internal conversations and i just i don't see a way that it's worth it um as far as like the free agents go how many times do we have talked about john Klingbird? i feel like he just keeps popping up for us because it's a worse version of chris Latang that's obviously a little bit younger so that should be more appealing but he's also going to get more money that's going to be more a bigger term. contract yeah so i'm just i'm not interested in john Klingberg for what i think he's going to get on the free agent market now if for whatever reason he somehow costs less gets less years whatever you could talk me into it he is you know he's a good player i'm not like trying to completely diminish what he's done but he's not chris letang if you're going to pay him close to that why not just pay chris letang
0: exactly although john klingberg does end up being a pittsburgh penguin come july he's the best defenseman in the league (laughs) um
1: but push the narrative
0: yeah and then pk suban Kind of a shell of himself, at least on the offensive end. He still has some defense to his game, but he's no longer the defender that's going to be scoring 40, 50 points a season. I mean, past couple of seasons he scored, like, what, in the 20s or so? Yep, I think
1: he had 27 last year.
0: Yeah, so he's not really going to be replacing Latane. T- I mean, that's what I've noticed out of this list. The guys on it, they're either, and the only one that I would say is actually better than defa- Latang defensively is Matt Dumba. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the guys, it's either they're not as good offensively anymore and they're not as good as Letang, or Letang is better on defense and Latang's better on defense than them. But Matt Dumba, he's good on defense, but he's not as offensively skilled as Latang. So replacing Letang is kind of just something that's almost impossible to do.
1: There's a free agent out there that I think could do it. Chris Letang of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, a that's a good name. Yeah. So I think that they should consider that. I don't know what the term is going to be, what the years is going to be, what the money is going to be, all that stuff. But I like the idea of Chris Letang as a Pittsburgh Penguin.
0: Yeah. I mean, the more we've talked about replacing this guy, it, it just becomes more and clear and clear that it's kind of impossible to replace most what he does.
1: You know, it's crazy to think like if Denny Malkin's a free agent and he's not the most important free agent that they have. But Chris Letang is, to me... I mean, he
0: had 68 points this year. Yeah. What guys on this list are going to replace that? And I understand he's not he's not the best defensively in the league, but there's only one guy on this list that I think is better than him defensively. So it's kind Most of an impossible problem. not want to problem. hear that. Yeah. Just bring him back. That That's the simple solution. <laughs> bring back Letang. I like it. I like four, it. four to five-year deal. Again, who really cares about term? And the number, as long as it's like around like that seven and a half eight eight and a half million dollar range Mm -hmm. who cares that that's great he he can warrant a raise i feel like
1: yeah i i think you know we talked about it last week but like you flip his cap hit and gino's cap hit and just give them to each other i think you're in business i agree there it is um well that about wraps up as far as the penguins go but we got something pretty exciting starting this week for steeler fans ota's Another step in the road to the season starting. So, we're going to talk about that. Who's going to be the first quarterback, do you think, that gets reps? We'll talk about that when we come back. This is around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. All right, and welcome back to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm Smitty. That is Tyler. Let's wrap up the show. Talk about something exciting for Steeler fans. Finally, we've been waiting just for like a little little news to talk about. OTAs start this week, which like I said, is another stepping stone on the road to the season beginning. Before you know it, training camp will be here preseason, yada, yada, yada. But this is the first step. We're going to start getting some battles. Who's going to take those first reps, such as quarterback. I think that's the big topic. So let's start there. OTAs. What quarterback gets the first reps?
0: If you're putting a gun to my head, I'm gonna say Mitch Trubisky. Okay, I I feel like he's gonna be the the first guy that they give reps to. But after that, it's gonna be Kenny Pickett in my mind. I feel like Mason Rudolph is kind of on the back burner. Throw out this. the familiarity, yeah, and, and maybe that's just like the the fan in me that wants him to be gone. <laughs> but but let's, I'm just being honest, but. Not necessarily gone. I just I don't think he's gonna be contending for the starting spot. I think it will be between Kenny and between Mason. So it's gonna be one of those guys that get the first reps. I think it will be Mason. I think he's the first guy they brought in. And I, I think they're gonna give him as just as fair of a shot to win the starting job as they are going to be Kenny. I don't know. I don't want to necessarily say that they're not gonna give it to Mason, but let's be real, people. It's not gonna happen. Um but yeah, I would say Mason.
1: Mitch. Or I mean, Mitch. Yeah. Mitch. You'd say Mitch, Mitch, <laughs> Mitch, Mitch is in the first reps. Um, you know what? I tend to agree with you. Um, and even, you know, Dale Ollie, DK Pittsburgh Sports, put that put out an article about him believing that to be the case as well. I think, you know, what the interesting thing here is the way that the Steelers operate, they're going to go with the guy that gives them the best chance. Like we know if it's not Kenny on day one, then it's not Kenny. They don't care that they have the most invested in him long term. Yeah. Whoever gives them the best shot to win each and every game in 2022 is going to be the quarterback, whether that's Mitch to start kenny takes over at some point in the season so be it that's kind of the way in my mind it's going to play out but uh yeah i'm with you in that mitch not mason will be uh will be getting the first reps Sorry, a lot of M's as okay. otas kick off yeah there is um i think another interesting headline though for otas do we see stefan to it and do we see deontay johnson two very different reasons right for being there but do we see those guys
0: Dude, it's it's tough for me to say for at least for two. It I feel like Deontay Johnson. No, I, no, okay. I don't think he shows up. I mean, the Steelers drafted two new receivers, and I, I feel like. Deontay Johnson, maybe he feels a little slighted that they didn't get a contract extension worked out, like we saw with some other receivers in the league. Mm-hmm. I, I, and and we talked about it a little bit at, at the Pirates game the, a few days ago. Maybe that window is passed for them. Might but, have. yep. But I don't think he's going to show up until he is required to at this point. So I'm going to say Deontay Johnson is a no. And Stephon to it, it it's tough for me to say, man. I, I I thought he might show up sometime in the season last year. But I feel like it's just more than a knee injury for him. I mean, with everything that went on in his life, it's bigger than football, and I feel like it's tough for me to assess, like, when is this guy going to come back? If I'm going to make a gut um, gut saying, I'm going to say no, um, that he'll show up at camp, if anything. But I-, I hope he shows up. That would be great to get him his involved as a it. team. Yeah. yeah, they definitely need it. They definitely need him on that front seven. But I- I'm going to say no right now to both those guys.
1: I think even from a football perspective, and – you know, I don't want to, like, you know, bring the mood down or anything like that. But he obviously dealt with a huge, tragic loss just a year ago. And now with what happened with Dwayne Haskins recently and all these guys having to deal with that, I think having a guy like to it around as well and just, you know, as many of these guys that can be around together, but especially a guy that just experienced that. Not that long ago, yeah. his own brother and a guy that they look like a brother in Dwayne Haskins for a lot of these guys. I think have, having his presence would help out a lot of these guys, too. So from a football perspective, obviously, they were one of the worst run defenses in football last year. But also just from like a morale standpoint, I think that he would be a huge boost.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with
1: that completely. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I think I'm with you, though, on, on both of those. Honestly, yeah. um, I would love to see Deontay there. But we, you mentioned we talked about it at the pirate game. Like that window may have passed for them already. Like at one point we were talking like fifteen million a season, and people didn't want to pay that, which to me was ridiculous. Then you get up to like eighteen, and then twenty plus million. He's looking at that AJ Brown deal in Philly Dude, that he just
0: got. Even even when people would thought it was ridiculous about the eighteen million mark, I mean you guys have guys like Kenny Galladay and Christian Kirk making that money. Mm-hmm. Why is Deontay Johnson not worthy of getting that contract? Yeah,
1: I think it's a different discussion whether you think like he's definitely worth that money. Now I. I think it's a different question of if you want the Steelers to be the ones to pay him that money. Yeah. But I think it's without question that he, he deserves it. I that. think
0: a lot of that will also, I mean, and maybe they missed on the chance to sign him, but a lot of that may be continues to go to what's Chase Claypool going to develop into? I mean, we've, we're have we kind yeah. of down on him right now. How good is George Pickens going to be? What does Calvin Austin bring to the team? A lot of the Steelers' decision on whether they want to extend a contract offer to Deontay Johnson might have to do with what the other receivers are looking like around him.
1: I still don't see a guy in that receiver room. And listen, I'm willing to give Pickens and Calvin Austin a fair shot to prove it to me. But just based off of how they won in college, I still don't see a guy that wins the way that Deontay does. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if somebody does take over that role. But uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be banking on that as we open up the season. So I'm still. I'm still hoping that we see Deontay Johnson like not hold out past you know OTAs. I'd love to see him in training camp. I'd love to see them get a deal done. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I definitely think that they need him there during the season. Uh, last thing that we want to talk about with the Steelers to wrap it up here. Lewis Riddick signed an extension with ESPN, so obviously he's not going to be. Coming in in as the general manager of the Steelers, we've seen some other guys come in for second interviews. We've seen the internal candidates, Omar Khan and Brandon Hunt, as well get second interviews. My guy this whole time has been Brandon Hunt. I want to see him promoted to that role. I would love to see Khan stay with the organization. Maybe you can even give him a title promotion, but him still kind of do the same role. Yeah. I just hunt from that pro scouting Standpoint, what he's done for the team. I think you looked at the additions that he's helped them make. Obviously, like I, th- I know everybody points to it so much that people are probably getting sick of hearing it. But he is literally the reason that Minka Fitzpatrick is a Pittsburgh Steeler.
0: And the, to me, that's a good enough reason, <laughs> right there. But I, I, we've been saying it for months. I mean, Brandon Hunt has been both of our guys when it comes to the internal guys outside hires I'm not even really that interested in to be honest Brandon Hunt is who I think they should promote just from that scout standpoint and not to slight Omar Khan in any way he is amazing at what he does with all the numbers and everything but there's just something about having a general manager that knows more about the football side of it that I I appreciate the scouting
1: background as opposed to the cap background exactly
0: but I agree I think that Omar Khan also needs to stick around whether that's in a promotion uh, just a title promotion or whatever it is I think both those guys Make it work, but Brandon Hunt, I think, is uh, both of our guys, but I, I think he should be the higher. I, I I think that he has showed enough in what he's done. Like like you said, the Mika Fitzpatrick tra- trade doesn't happen. How Kella him.
1: Witherspoon. That was him as well. It's fine. You know, yeah. And I think also, like, even just from what we want to happen, I legitimately think he's the leader in the clubhouse for the role as well. Like, betting wise, I would say that he's the favorite to win the job. I think, like, from an outside perspective, obviously, we've seen guys like John Spitek from Tampa get a second interview as well as the guy from Philly. Um, But I I don't know. I mean, listen, I love what what Tampa Bay's obviously done. So I I think if you're looking at that perspective, like working alongside Jason Light there, then it, it does make sense. But I, I, I give the first crack post-Kevin Colbert to Brandon Hunt for sure, guy that's been around the organization. And I think with like the process as well, the fact that we didn't see them name somebody before the draft or anything like that, I think that kind of like goes hand-in-hand hand with the fact that it is going to be Brandon Hunt. So that's still yep. the way I'm leaning right now.
0: Yeah, and I, I feel like the fact that like he's been around the organization, he's been a big part of these decisions that they've been making the past few years, that's just going to pay dividends to him already being familiar with the organization as a whole. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, to me, he's the clear choice and my choice, obviously your choice as well. And when do you think that they're going to make this decision? I mean, oh, we I just think, saw the second round of interviews finish up.
1: Yeah. Well, do you think they make it? I think it's this week. I think, oh, with the, this I think week? by okay. the next episode, we're talking about who the new GM is. Okay.
0: I was going to ask whether it's going to be training camp or not, but
1: yeah. I think we see it this week. But uh, hey, well, welcome back to the 412 for a little bit. Thank you. And uh, I think that we can stop it there. We'll see how things uh, transpire over the next week before we are recording again. We won't be down here for the next episode. Which Penguin is going to sign by the next episode? Exactly. Um, But other than that, for Smitty, for Tyler, this is Around the 412 as part of the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite app. Be sure to leave us a subscription like all that good stuff on YouTube as well. Be sure to listen to all the other shows. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye.